What is up, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of the Here's Johnny podcast. I am your host, Larry. And I am your other host, Justin. Man, this this there's like a certain funk in the air after that last recording. <laughs> yeah, so listeners, you'll have heard it because it will come out. We recorded our review of Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood, before we recorded this <laughs> one. Um, mostly just to get the trash out of the way, um, and also because it needs to be edited and published in three hours. <laughs> uh, that movie fucking sucked. I hope you guys took our advice and did not waste your time on it. Yeah, please don't watch it. Man, I... What a waste of a movie. I, man. I, so, kind of going through the notes, yep. uh, do we have any show news? No. Next week is finally going to be Fatal Frame. Yes, I am legitimately taking Monday because it's a holiday here, and when Devin's at work because it's also her birthday on Monday, I will be beating Fatal Frame. I'm gonna wake up and just play it and get it done. Please, I don't want to. I don't want to repeat. (laughs) No, I will. I will. I will have it done, and I'm not going to wait until the night before. (laughs) And remember, there's a lot more instant death stuff. Yes, I found a video walkthrough okay. that is supposed to help you get all of the revival items okay, cool. as you walk okay. through it. So yeah, but man, what's been new? It's only been a week, obviously, since we recorded last. This is my second night recording this week, and I have one more tomorrow with you again. Yeah, we're going to be recording uh, Hellraiser. Yeah, the new one, which will be fun, which will be fun. But uh, yeah, what's been up? Oh, uh, man. What have I been doing? Uh, this week has been fucked. Um, I started playing Super Mario 64 again, actually. On the, yeah, on the Switch. Um, man, that game has not aged well. That game is fucking brutal. Um, I got the Super Mario All-Stars. It has Sunshine, yeah, that's, 64, and Galaxy. Yeah, that's the one I have, yeah. The reason why it sucks so bad is because you can't invert the controls. So speedrunners who like speedrun like OG sixty four, yeah. literally hate it because you the controls are inverse from what they're supposed to be. Mm, interesting. So if you played it before and try to play it, it's trash and you can't flip it back. Interesting. Yeah, I, I got like that's probably that's why I hate it. I got it. like fifty stars and even that was like a chore and I was like I'm not fucking. God, you got farther than me. I think I got like ten. I was like I like so I couldn't flip it. I was like I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'll emulate this shit before I play it again. Uh but I, I so I anyway so I stopped that at fifty and I started playing Galaxy again. I just I just okay. started that today, so I think I have like five stars maybe. That's fun. I don't know. I'm just kind of wasting time until I have something to do for writing now. It's really weird. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. Oh, I bought I I got my well, I didn't get it, but I ordered my Steam Deck today, so. Yes, yes. That is very exciting. That also means I'm going to be able to emulate PS2 games on the go, which I'm most excited nice. about. Nice. Yeah, um, that'd be sweet, actually. So the next uh, Fatal Frame or whatever PS2 game, I'll be able to just... The next game we have, looking at the show schedule, it's Fatal Frame 2, Outlast 2, Condemned, Sekiro, Dante's Inferno, Bioshock, Shadow Hearts. Uh, I might be able to... And I think we're going to be doing Resident Evil 4 remake in there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Uh, maybe... And then Sons of the Forest. Maybe Dead Space remake, which comes out... If you tell me... Yes. Yeah, we've talked about it before. If you say it is 
needed, we'll do it. Okay. For sure. Uh, the good news is... Similar to how we backed off of uh, Callisto Protocol. Oh, man, what a disappointment. Um, I, I saw it's already 20% off. Yeah, dude, it's garbage. It's not good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, so all those games other than Resident Evil 4, I will be playing on my Steam Deck. Because <laughs> I can just lay in bed and do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm actually getting pumped for Resident Evil 4. Yeah. I think I sent you... I think I sent you a video, a, twi- a tweet today that had it was like showing a clip from one of the latest trailers of resident evil 4 remake with the sequence that happened in the original resident evil 4 and just how like it just looks so good oh, dude that game looks i've been trying to interview that team but they will not <laughs> be interviewed um which is yeah. okay which is okay um yep yeah i don't know i just i really haven't i've been working so I feel like I haven't really had time to play a lot of games or, sure. or even like, like I haven't been listening to audiobooks or anything at work. Uh, I finished the demon slayer movie, which was, uh, amazing and horribly depressing. Dude, that, that show was fucking amazing. Like I can't mm-hmm. get over how good it is. Um, yeah, so I'm on season two right now, and then season three is supposed to be airing in April. Also, by the time this comes out, The Last of Us show will be out. Yeah, Sunday night. Yeah, so I'm going to watch that on Sunday, and uh, I don't know, looking forward to it. Other than that, honestly, I haven't been doing much. What about you? Uh, TV, I've only been watching Gossip Girl season two. I'm on episode four. Uh want to get that done and behind because I the Velma show came out and I want to watch that and obviously The Last of Us uh, movies I went and saw The Whale oh yeah um, I really liked it um, I guess it's kind of controversial uh, for some but for myself there was a lot about the movie I really really enjoyed Brendan Fraser was fantastic and I literally cried for like five minutes after the movie was over interesting just emotionally devastated um, so there was that I went and saw I watched uh, Josh Kirby Time Warrior Planet of the Dino Knights do you have any remember does this strike anything for you from when you were a kid no. so we used to get these from the library it's like a 1995 really crappy like sci-fi franchise about this kid who like gets kidnapped by like, a Doc Brown kind of person and he has to go and collect pieces of this it's it's stupid. Like, for people who know how I don't like stupid movies, it's a stupid movie. But there's a lot of nostalgia tied to it, and they're all on Amazon for free. So I want to watch the other four. Just yeah, uh, I watched My Neighbors, the Yamadas, which was the next one for Studio Ghibli okay. in our watch through. Uh, have you seen that one? No. The art's really weird. It's like it's like it's not fully animated okay weird it's like watercolor watercolory okay okay i can get behind that it was okay it was just too long yeah that's about these like slice of life ones like when it's like the fantasy one like princess mononoke like i still amazing when it's just these oh bro you should i know we i actually talked to to michelle a bit and i think we're gonna watch it this weekend i think you definitely should it's it's very good it's very very it's my favorite so far interesting okay uh the next one we have is spirited away and i'm waiting for it to come into the library oh i love spirited away 
I haven't seen it, so I have no, I have no idea what good. to expect. That one's good. Um, and then obviously watch the Sentinel because we're reviewing it, and then New Blood. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Oh, I watched the menu. That's right. And did you like it? It was okay. Uh, okay. It was really weird and interesting and super tense. But yeah, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love it Ralph Fiennes was, and oh, Taylor oh, Joy. Dude, he, he was amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I just I, I thought I was led to believe that it would be more of like a horror movie. Oh, I can see. Yeah, and it's very much a satire. Yeah, it's just like a satire thriller, like not even really Making a thriller, just like being a lot of like tense. Yeah, just, that final burger scene, I loved it. Oh, that, I loved it so goddamn so much. <laughs> Where uh, the guy cooks, oh, devastating. <laughs> that was so. That was like the uh, best. yes, yeah, yeah. Um, games, a little bit of Destiny 2, not as much. A little bit of Final Fantasy 7. I just got out of... Um, I'm in Nebel. Okay. No, I mean Nebel. I'm the, what is the town Barrett's from? Coral. Coral. I'm at Coral. Okay. Uh, Pokemon Sapphire. I just beat my dad last night. Got Surf. Getting ready to embark on the next little part of the map. Um, and then Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I was telling you about that. I want to get that beat so I can get it out of my off my computer because yeah. I want to just beat it and be done with it and I just finished the Frieza arc so I'm like halfway through okay are you going to play um, uh, but, Dragon Ball Breakers at all the like DVD if it's ever free <laughs> oh, no. I ain't paying a single I'm not paying a dollar for that uh, books I finished The Terror by Dan Simmons okay how was it I liked the first three quarters I would say the last 80 pages got real weird. Just like the ending fell flat kind of thing, or... Just weird. Okay. I don't want to spoil it, but, like, it kind of leaves historical fiction. Yeah. For the last little bit. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like almost an 800-page book. So, like, for me, for the ending to not, like, deliver what the rest of the book was doing really bums me out. Yeah. It's not bad. I just don't like how it ended. So, whatever. Uh, I finished The Subtle Knife, which is book two in his Dark Materials trilogy, and I started The Amber Spyglass. Um, I'm reading a book. I don't know if I'm allowed to, like, say what it is because it's... Um, I wouldn't then, just to be on the same side. Yeah, because it's, it's not out yet, but... I'm really enjoying that. And that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. You've been busy this week. I have. And work is just a giant cluster fire, and I'm just smiling and wading through it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But with that, we are going to go ahead and review The Sentinel.
Did you pick the happiest sequence of music you could from that movie? <laughs> uh, I picked the title sequence. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, had you seen this before? No, I hadn't even heard of it. In fact, when I started watching it, it was a different movie title. And I f- was, like, freaking out and trying to make sure I was watching the right movie. I was worried, too, because there's actually a lot of films called The Sentinel. Yeah. Uh, this one was called... Oh, you know what? I might be able to... Oh, I'll look it. Oh, I'll look it up while you're while you're giving us some okay. background. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, this was a movie that when I put together the list, um, kind of what I do is there are movies that me and Justin both really want to cover because like they fit the genre and we know them. But there are also some films that are like highly recommended within the genre, and it's kind of funny because I recorded with Rachel the Nick Cage episode. That's right, me and Rachel finally recorded a Nick Cage episode, um, and she had never heard of this either. So it kind of surprised me because there's a lot of people in this movie. So The Sentinel is a 1977 American supernatural horror film directed by Michael Winner. Uh, Winner's best-known works include Death Wish and its first two sequels, uh, the World War II comedy Hannibal Brooks, the hitman thriller The Mechanic, the supernatural horror film The Sentinel, the neo-noir The Big Sleep, the satirical comedy Wonton Ton, The Dog Who Saved Hollywood, and the revisionist western lawman uh the film stars christina Raines, chris sarandon and ava gardner uh and there are bit roles in this film by a ton of people that everyone's going to recognize such as beverly d'angelo um people might reckon will definitely recognize her as um mrs griswold from the national lampoon movies jeff goldblum we know who that is christopher walken See, I knew, jerry I knew that was jeff goldblum but he didn't have a credit <laughs> Yeah. No, in the very beginning he does, and it's like it, it's like very brief. Okay. Uh, Jerry Orbach, people recognize him from Law and & Order, and John Carradine. Uh, so Christina Raines, uh, 1975, she was cast in a supporting role in Robert Altman's ensemble comedy Nashville, who, where she portrayed a folk singer. She co-starred in Ridley, Ridley Scott's directorial debut, The Duelists, which is a period piece based on the Napoleonic Wars. Chris Sarandon is very well known for playing a variety of iconic characters from Jerry Dandridge in Fright Night, the original, Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride, Detective Mike Norris in Child's Play, and someone we already talked about this season, Jack Skellington in A Nightmare Before Christmas. It is wild how, like, weirdly... Varied his careers this movie is yeah the cast is off the wall he was nominated for an academy award for best supporting actor for his performance in dog day afternoon ava garner first signed a contract with mgm in 1941 and she appeared in mainly small roles until she drew critics attention in 1946 with her performance in robert cedemack's film noir the killers she was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress for a performance in John Ford's Magambo in 1953, and for Best Actress for both a Golden Globe and a BAFTA for her performance in John Huston's The Night of the Iguana. She is a huge part of the golden age of Hollywood. Can, can I cut in for a second? Yeah. Uh, this is... Here, I gotta bring up my camera to see this. Can you read that at all? probably not. no it, 
Never something. Texan Sabat. Oh, not never. Yeah, that's what it was called <laughs> when I was watching it. So I was like, oh shit, did I get the wrong movie? <laughs> it's based on the 1974 novel of the same name by Jeffrey Convitz, who also co-wrote the screenplay with director winner. John Williams was originally hired to compose the film's score before he was replaced with Gil Mel. Did they say why he was replaced? No. With... Uh-uh. Okay. Crazy, yeah, right? That's, that's fucking wild. Winner was inspired by the depictions of the creatures of hell as they appear in the works of Christopher Marlowe's Dante's Inferno and the paintings of Hieronymus Bosch. Shortly after the film's release, Winner revealed that many of the deformed persons featured in the finale were actually people with physical disabilities and abnormalities whom he cast from hospitals and sideshows. Hey, that's actually pretty cool of him. Like, Yeah, the film grossed $4 million at the box office. This is a... Like, I don't... <laughs> when we get into talking about this movie, I don't even know where to fucking begin. <laughs> And I was telling Rachel about it, and that's where I'm at too. I don't know if I hated it or if I loved it. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm in the exact same. I'm in the exact same. There are there are like especially for how scary we're gonna get into it. There are parts of this movie that genuinely terrified me. Yeah, dude. I mean, yes. Without giving anything away right now, yes, I agree. And like, there's a, I if somebody loves this movie, I can. 100% like see absolutely why. also absolutely if somebody hates this movie I can like 100% see why as it's well. weird like, it's, so it's a weird, weird movie yeah. uh, I have a stopwatch pulled up I'm going to attempt a 60 second summary you don't even have to do one if you you can just go through it if you want I have music yeah, but if you want if, let's do it let's okay. do it alright okay if you're I gotta make sure you're ready for fatal frame <laughs> fuck yeah alright that's fair <laughs> alright are you ready uh huh three Two, one, go. So the film follows this beautiful model, and she is proposed to by her boyfriend, wants to move in with her, but she's not ready to do that yet. Um, and so she's trying to find her own place, and she finally does. Flash forward, or flash back, we find out that she had a suicide attempt when she walked in on her really disgusting dad having a threesome. Um, and he like, chased her and slapped her around while the girls he was sleeping with, like, were laughing at her and she tried to kill herself. Um, she's introduced to a bunch of people who were living in her apartment complex with her, but they aren't actually real. They're like serial killers from the past who are like trying to warn her, yet trying to like kill her to get her to join them. It's, it's really fucking weird. Basically, she is marked as the next sentinel, as a person who's going to open the gateway to hell or defend this hotel house place from the next group. Um, we find out that her boyfriend was a killer who killed his wife so he could be with her, and he's been trapped in the house now, too. Film ends with her becoming the new sentinel, guarding the house, and she's blind and sitting there in the top room, staring out in the distance. Yeah, a couple seconds over. I, yeah, I skipped a lot of stuff, man. This movie is fucking there weird. There's a lot in this movie, too. Like, a lot of shit happens, but at the same time, almost nothing happens. It's... <laughs> so, did you watch American Horror Story Hotel? Is that the one with Lady Gaga? Yes. I didn't. I the just first one with Lady it. Gaga. No, I did not. No. Uh, first off, you should watch it. It's good. It's, it's, it's one of the good seasons. Okay. Um, second, 
I think this film would have been better served as like a TV show. Okay. But this movie has some really fucking dead points in it too. Oh yeah. Like there are some sequences that are just like drawn out for no reason. Yep. But yet I feel like we rushed a lot of stuff. Yeah, like the first thing that comes to mind without getting into the like scary stuff is like yeah the cat birthday yes felt like it was over too quickly yeah but then like when they go back in out of nowhere in out of nowhere oh yeah just this fucking movie I like I really I don't think I've ever struggled as much trying to like score a movie no I'm right there with you and I was like, I was like trying to talk it through with Devin because she like semi watched it with me when I was watching yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like, I think the concept that she can only see those people and how like we already established that she has kind of a mental break. Yes. Because like when she goes home for her dad's funeral, she like walks outside because she's really stressed out and she sees a car pull up and we can't really t- and we don't realize until it's like a few minutes into the sequence that it's a flashback. Yeah. And I think the director did a really good job of doing that. So when we're introduced to these characters who don't actually exist, we or don't, we don't ghosts really question or whatever, like their existence either, though, right? Like, yeah, because of the way it's shot. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's cinematography or not, but like it's important to the plot. And I think the way Winner directed it helped us buy into it. Um, I thought they did a good job of laying seeds for Chris Sarandon's character yeah. to be a bad guy for him to like not actually be a plus what are you doing Plosses. Oh, I thought she was choking she's just cleaning her face um they laid a lot of seeds yeah. for him to be a bad guy but they never like capitalized on it well and they never so, said like, like we kind of hey, trusted him bad guy. like they never it was never in your face yeah, like the, the cops didn't like him, but like he's like, but he always seems to like genuinely care about her. Um, but then, like I said, sometimes it's really slow, and sometimes you don't get a whole lot of movement. And like, there are scenes like with the, when we see Jerry Orbach, right? When he's like doing like the, they're, they're shooting one of her like modeling gigs yeah, by the pool, and she like freaks out or whatever. Yeah, like that sequence isn't necessary but we kind of need to see that she's like having a mental break again which she had earlier when she had like her suicide attempt yeah. and so like I guess what I'm trying to say is, is I don't know <laughs> I don't know Justin like no I, I mean I, there are things I like and things I don't like and like I like the final confrontation where it's like are you going to be a beacon of hell and open up this portal to hell or are you going to be a beacon of the church and guard it until the next sentinel comes to like take your place. Yeah, I, I also don't know, <laughs> um, <laughs> because like I, I, I think you're right. They they lay these really good weird seeds. Like as disturbing as it was when she goes into the apartment of the like the ladies on the lower floor, we see that there's like yeah. some disturbed, something disturbing going on behind the scenes that we don't really know about. But because of, like, the battle that our character's going through, we don't... We, like, question it while it's happening, but, like, as soon as it's over, 
as soon as they go up the stairs, like uh, her and the uh, the other the old, yeah, the old man, I kind of like stopped thinking about it to focus on what yeah, was happening they... next. But like, but then we get to parts with like where we see the current Sentinel, and I feel like it's necessary, but it's also very drawn out where nothing is happening. Yeah, and like in that sequence, we're not questioning, like we're questioning like how fucking weird those two are yeah. like not weird it's like overtly sexual with a fucking random stranger yeah but like it's not like it's not alerting us to anything yeah but it should be oh absolutely. you know what i mean absolutely yes this movie is interesting in a way that i don't think we've tackled before and i'm like like you kind of mentioned earlier like i'm very surprised we haven't heard of this one before yeah because it's got a banging cast it's got a decent story some of the cinematography stuff and like we're gonna get to how scary there's some legitimate scary things in this movie yeah so for plot i gave it a six and a half because like i do think there's a lot of areas they can improve on it but i think overall this movie's good yeah i I gave it a seven because i i agree i mean i think it is like genuinely a good movie but it's so weird so let's do cinematography now okay overall i think it's very well done i like the footsteps in the night um i'm trying to save this for how scary but there are a couple of sequences that he shoots save that for how scary if you want because i'm sure we're thinking of the same sequence yeah that are very good and like Um, because when was this 77 when did uh mm -hmm. the first halloween come out 79? 81? 79. There is a very similar sequence in Halloween, and still mm-hmm. here, it is done, like, amazingly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess for cinematography, what, what I'll say is, I think they do a really good job, we talk about this a lot, when you're doing, like, a haunted house or like, a haunted building kind of thing, you need to nail the layout, yeah. especially if you're going to have, like, a chase through the building, like, in The Conjuring, right? Yeah. Um, I think they did an excellent job here because when she is losing her mind at the end of this movie and she's getting chased by the, the, the legion of hell and all these serial killers and her her dead boyfriend, like, we even though she's confused and we're confused with her because of the craziness that's happening, yeah. we also know where she's at because she's trying to make it to the top of the building. Yeah. No, I, 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 so, I agree, yeah. Um, so, something else that um, I'm not really sure if it fits in cinematography or really plot, but it also helps that the hotel, until we kind of learn that twist, uh, it it really feels like lived in. And even kind of after yeah. we learn that t- twist, it still feels like, okay, maybe they were just like squatters or something. Like it still feels like, again, just like generally like yeah it's and the practical effects are very good (laughs) the practical effects are very good so i want to we'll save it we'll save it yeah we gotta save um i mean it's a 70s movie so you kind of get that 70s kind of vibe to it it's not bad it's just you know when it was made yeah um i didn't care for some of like like the opening sequence of like her being courted by chris sarandon yeah it's weird. Again, there might be plot or whatever, but it felt very sitcom-y. 
Overall, though, I liked it. Yeah, me too. It, it, I have, like, like it, weird feelings about it, but overall. Yeah, I good. think we'll talk about why my cementography score is so high when we get to how scary, but I gave it an 8. I also gave it an 8 because I think of the same reason. Audio. The score is weird. The score you does played... not really fit the movie. No. There are times when I think the score does very well. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, the final act in particular. Yep, absolutely. However, you play that intro music, and that's kind of the vibe throughout the whole movie unless, like, shit is happening. So it feels very, like, 70s sitcom melodrama until shit hits the fan, and it's a very weird juxtaposition. It's not bad, it's just weird. It clashes weird. Clashes, I guess, is the wrong but it, it doesn't like meld well super well together it's just weird and then weird when we do get that jump to like the really good matching score of like what's going on it i agree it's good but it's also like where has it been the whole time yeah where's it been and it's also weird because i mean now i'm used to the weird 70s like sitcom music and now it's like oh i'm it's kind of like a a jolt almost it's 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 weird yeah acting i think is incredible across the board i think it helps that your bit roles are played by like big time stars but christina Gaines and chris sarandon who are your two main characters in this movie like like i said i didn't think chris Sarandon was a bad guy until like it became very clear that he was the bad guy and like her mental journey i think struggles as she was going like oh my gosh it was perfect man yeah it was there is very very good acting it's yeah like very 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 good acting and yeah this this is a a great section i gave it an i gave it an eight and a half and mainly it's because the score was just a little bit too weird for me yeah i i gave it an eight because the score was a little underwhelming to me and when it was good it was like a weird jump this movie is scoring way higher than i thought it was going to but it's like it's just honest and I don't know if I'll ever watch this movie again, but I'm happy I did. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I, I don't think I will, but it's. I really enjoyed my time with it. Oh, is my microphone? How scary! Oh yes, it is. Okay, yeah, sorry. Oh no, I was just doing dramatic pause. <laughs> okay. How scary! Yes. I'll let you go first. Okay. Um other than the one scene I think we both can agree on that there is moments during that chase scene that are genuinely disturbing like when she comes to the top of the stairs and her boyfriend is being eaten alive or being eaten alive I guess that's the wrong word because he's already dead like his brain he's like faces ripped open and yeah, stuff it's it, it's fucking creepy and like the biggest thing to me is the scene at night that I, I'm okay, sure so save that. So yeah. save Yes, so save that. Okay. There's an, This movie goes from being boring and dry as paint when it comes to the scary department yes. to like scenes that you were about to talk about, which I think we should save for the end because I think it's the, the best example. Oh, it's, and it's the why best scene of the whole movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's why this is going to be so high. But like, I realized that we were going to be in for something real fucking intense 
when we had the transition to the flashback yes of her dad having that orgy yeah her walking in on it him slapping her her going to the bathroom and cutting her wrists and like just everything we saw in that sequence like it did not the camera did not shy away like we had to watch all of that and like there was just something so visceral about it in the way she was bleeding the way the blood kind of pulled out and the way her dad and like the women he was with like they didn't really like they cared but they didn't really care like it was i don't know man it was fucking because he was yelling at her the whole time too right like i told you not to come yeah. in there yeah and so since this is how the movie really starts right when we have some of these sequences like the the ladies downstairs and beverly d'angelo's like masturbating right in front of her yeah and like that crazy shit and then like we have the weird birthday party and we have like she's in her bedroom and like the ceiling's going crazy even though she's been told that no one lives there and it's like after she realizes that no one is there with her and she goes through all the rooms and they're all emptied like that sequence to me set the tone that like we were going to have to watch some like but there is this movie had the potential for crazy shit and that goes into the sequence you were about to describe which we both probably think for me is one of the scariest like two minutes in a, sh- a movie we've done on this podcast so i'll turn it back over to you oh i agree man when she is like hiding in the shadow and the door just like fucking swings and he just comes fucking bolting out of the darkness I like I don't even know how to really describe what happened. Like I, it's she's walking through the house because when she hears a noise, she's trying yeah. to figure out what's going on the the apartment complex, and like we see some naked person just like walk behind her. Yeah, and like it's pitch black, but he's pale, and like we see it, and he's like not moving, and then she recognizes he's there, and she like walks towards him, and I think it's just the way. It's the way he moved in the darkness. Yeah. Coupled with how the camera never took the lens off of him. Well, and, like, and how she recognized he was there. And it, there is just something... That fucking scared me. Oh, it's fucking terrified. Like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, Whoa, like what the fuck? Like, I was not... Because I was expecting some weird, crazy shit because of... The weird masturbation the haunting and, and the demons yeah. and yeah all that but crazy i was stuff. not yeah. expecting like horror yes like the conjuring level kind of horror scare yeah like the sh- like the shit from the insidious that you don't fucking forget yeah not a jump scare this like in- insidious the that movie i found to be enjoyable and i didn't we're gonna repeat the season but there when he sees the old woman at the very end of the movie you know yeah. I'm talking about the creep the scary old lady I did not sleep. Like, that movie for me went from just a fun, kind of scary movie to one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life because of that. And this movie had a very similar vibe. And I think it is mainly because of the acting by Christina Gaynor and the directing. Because it is so simple. It's three people in a dark hallway. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, you're right. (laughs) And it's just well, and then it gets into like. It turns out to be her, yeah, and it it turns into her dad, and all of a sudden we're in a giallo movie because he's like she's like slicing him up and like cutting his nose off and like cutting pieces of his flesh off, and and the camera does not shy away.
I don't know if it's just that sequence that it has me like liking this movie and getting so high. But to be, to be honest, with you, the, the, acting yeah, the acting was fantastic. The plot's a little rough, and the cinematography. They do a lot of really cool shit yeah, in this movie. Absolutely, they do. Yeah, they, they genuinely do. In that sequence alone, if you don't want to watch this movie, I would just say type in, go to the YouTube, type in the Sentinel, Sentinel, nineteen seventy-seven. Night scene, attic scene, yeah. night scene, attic scene, or something, and watch it because I am telling you, it's fucking terrifying. Like you and I are always talk about how we're trying to like video games do a pretty good job at it of like getting you in the moment, getting you immersed. Yeah. But like in movies, since we've seen a lot of these, a lot of them don't like hit the same way. This one because I didn't know it was coming, so I wasn't prepared for it. And like sometimes we, I pick movies that like are on these lists, like. The Black Cat or The Seventh Seal, right? Important to discuss when we're talking about religious horror and, like, kind of the build of how we got to where we are with it. This one was on there, never did it mention this, never did it talk about it, and it caught me completely off guard. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, I agree. And, and then, like, we aren't even talking about the end sequence when, like, Legion and the murderers are coming after her and she's trying to figure, she's trying to escape, and then her only escape is, like, to take on this role, become a nun. Yeah. And guard the gateway to hell, like it's a weird ass movie, man. <laughs> it's a weird ass movie. It's a weird ass movie. I gave it an eight. I gave it a seven. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely some of the best two to three minutes of a movie I've seen in a long time. I agree. Like, right. I'm going to see if I can, like, okay. find a, a clip, and I'm going to, like, post it in our Discord or on Twitter or something. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So review the scores. Oops, I almost read the Friday scores. <laughs> nope. Uh, plot, I gave it a 6.5. You gave it a 7. For cinematography, I we both gave it 8. For audio, I gave it 8.5. You gave it an 8. And for how scary, I gave it an 8. You gave it a 7. That gives it a Here's Johnny final score of a 76. Oh, man. It is in good company, Justin. Okay. It is tied with Dark Souls 3 Excellent video. and King Kong. Excellent movie. Right below it was 75s. We have Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 version, Mars Attacks, and OG Suspiria. Right above it, we have Don't Breathe and Nosferatu with 77s. Okay, okay. That is very good company. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think this belongs there. All right, guys, that was our review of The Sentinel. We're going to play a quick commercial from a member podcast of the Kaleidoscope Media Network and head on in to the closing. Ghosts, split souls, monsters, sociopathic villains, cold-blooded murders, and nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And in our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. So while I finish updating our score sheet, Justin, yes. have you beaten Fatal Frame 2? Uh, no, I have about an hour left of it, but I'm waiting. Is it? I know you said there's some like instant death scenes. Like there's more of those in this. Is it more or less brutal? 
I find 90% of the ghosts are a lot easier and basically the same. There's also a lot more ghosts, but there is one type of ghost that is annoying as fuck. And like, brutal. And you have to fight it at least two times, I think. Damn. But like, okay. it is... I think it's called like the twins or something like that. It's you mentioned that there's like two oh of them, man, and you can only do damage to one of them, and you don't know. It's fucking. Those things are brutal. The other, the rest of the ghosts are fine. Once you like figure out what their deal is, they're perfectly fine. So, what advice would you have for me going into it? Don't wait until the night before. Trust me, I learned that. Literally, like, I was going to start it this weekend, but we're doing some stuff for Devin's birthday. Yeah. Um, that's why I was just wondering, like, if I give... Because that's what I did with Silent, the last Silent Hill game we did. Yeah. It's like, I had that day off, and I just played it for a whole day, and I got it done, like, in, like, eight hours. Hmm. And I'm following a guide for it, too, so I think that will help as well. Yeah, because they'll probably show you, like, better ways to... Because, right, like, right now... Uh, like 90% of the time I'm just flailing around and getting ghosts uh, killed. Uh, it, it's got like a weird upgrade system. It's mm-hmm. like kind of the same, but not really. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I, I, I think the ghosts are a lot easier to handle, except for that one ghost. You have to fight twice. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. So, Fatal Frame 2 is coming in next. Uh, following that, we will be having... Actually, we should reach out to Eddie. Um, it's our Prince of Darkness slash Thirst double feature. Right, right, right. Yes. So, we need to, we need to get him to send us in some audio. I'll, do, I'll message him tomorrow or something. Okay. Uh, then we have Jacob's Ladder, and then we have Outlast 2. Oh, man, Outlast. Because I need to see if on Steam, because I don't want to play my... I don't own it yet, so... Yeah, I don't know if I do either. Uh, I'm going to wait to open Steam, because Steam is a... Uh, a chugging machine for internet stuff. Oh, should have touched it then. All right, with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up this episode, head on to the campfire for our patrons. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us and everybody else. Until next time, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. You guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in there's some pretty cool tears so head on look at that but until next week see you guys later